Well, good morning once again, and we're glad you could join us uh, via our podcast today. Once again, church again is closed for today, but I'm thankful for the technology that we can still <clears throat> share the Word of God with you today uh, through this means. So uh, if you have your Bibles, be turning. Uh, we're going to continue our study in the book of Revelation. Uh, turn with me to Revelation chapter 5. Amen. And I'll give you just a moment to turn there. And uh, once again, Revelation chapter 5. Last week we did chapter 4, and we titled it, The One Who Sits on the Throne. <clears throat> and we looked at all the things that John was able to see there when he looked and he got to see the one who sat on the throne and uh, all the wonderful things that was taking place there. And, and we learned last week that the most important thing was that the, they were worshiping the one who created everything, the one who created heaven and earth and everything in it. So we uh, finished with that last week, and we're going to do chapter 5 this week. And I'd like to title this message today is the, just a simple title, Jesus is Worthy. And that's what Revelation chapter 5 is about, is that Jesus is worthy. Let's pray this morning over this word we're about to receive. Father, we come to you today. <clears throat> we give you thanks for all things. We thank you, Lord, for for you who sit on the throne. We thank you, God, for uh, you are the one who created all things, as we learned last week. Now today, Lord, as we look at Revelation chapter 5, and we see how that Jesus is worthy because he died on the cross for our sins. Father, we pray for your guidance today. Give us uh, the Holy Spirit to guide us and to, we may expound upon your word today, God, to see and to show the people that Jesus alone is worthy of our praise. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so Revelation chapter 5, and I'm just going to do it like we've been doing the last few weeks, just go through it verse by verse and and I'm just going to point out the things that the Lord showed me this week that are important for us to see. Uh, as with any of the scriptures there, you could spend weeks on just a few verses uh, because the Word of God is so rich. But I want to share with these things that the Lord has shown me for this week, for us, that we might see that Jesus is worthy. So Revelation 5 and verse 1. The Bible says this, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Now, the Bible says there that there's a scroll written, and it's written on the inside and on the backside. It's sealed with seven seals. And what we need to understand is it's not a real popular message these, this, this day and age, but the fate of this world is already set. Uh, the judgment of God will happen. It's written down on this scroll that was in the hand of God Almighty, God the Father sitting there on the throne. And John, when he, when he began to look and see this, he saw that it was sealed up and that they were here in a moment, we're going to find out that they were looking for someone to be able to open those seals and to loose those seals and to see what the scroll said. So I want you to know and understand that the fate of this world, the way this world is going to go and the, and the end of this world has already been written. God has already set it forth and it's going to be a certain way. And as we get into the weeks to come, we'll see some of the judgments of God that will play out in this earth. And there's nothing going to change those. They're already, they're already sealed and written down. And God has said this is what's going to happen. So the, the fate of this world is already set. That's what we need to understand. When he saw this there, it's not going to be changed. There's going to be no amendments to it. God has said, this is how I'm going to finish this world that I have created. This is how I'm going to bring it to an end. And this is what's going to be. And this is how it's going to happen. So there's nothing we can do about the end of time. Uh, all we can do is live our life according to what Jesus taught us. 
And whenever the end of time comes, it's going to come, amen. Whether we've gone on to be with the Lord or whether we're still living and we're raptured away or whatever the case may be, the end will come and it's going to come exactly as God has said it would come. And that's what it says there when it says there was a scroll written. And see, that's written by God himself, amen. So verses 2 through 4, let's read those and then let's, let's look at a few things. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. You know, I was thinking about that this week, that, that phrase right there. When it said, Who is worthy? And then it says on down through those next couple verses, that they made a search and they looked everywhere they could be to look. They looked in heaven. They looked on the earth. They looked under the earth. They looked everywhere they could look to try to find somebody that was worthy to loose the seals on this scroll that's in the hand of him who sat on the throne. Amen. And I got to thinking about that. The uh, All the people who have lived in this world up until this point and, and will live until the time that, the, that these things happens, none of them was worthy. I got to thinking about, there's been some really magnificent people who's lived on this earth. There's people who have done great and wonderful things, but none of them was worthy. I want you to think back to the very first man, Adam, and his very, the very first woman, his wife Eve. You know, they were created and, and put into perfection. They were put into the Garden of Eden where everything was right. And see, they failed, okay? And they weren't worthy. Uh, the Bible teaches us about a man named Enoch that was the seventh from Adam. It says that uh, he walked with God and he was not for God took him. But we don't even see that Enoch being the righteous man that he was, uh, that he was, he was not worthy to open this scroll. We see and we remember the story of Noah who was a, man, a righteous man who was righteous in all his generations. But no, not even Noah was worthy. Abraham was the father of faith. Amen. He was the one who the promises were given to, the promises of God that extended on out even to, to the Gentile world. Amen. But he wasn't worthy. Isaac, his son, was not worthy even though he was a righteous man. Jacob, who is the one that God uh, called the father of Israel, changed his name to Israel and called every, everyone after that the children of Israel. Amen. He wasn't worthy. Praise God. We come along a little bit later and it was a, a wonderful, righteous man who led the people out of captivity from Egypt named Moses. And he did lots of signs and wonders and miracles and all kinds of things. And he went up into the mountain and got the law from the Lord and brought it back down to the people and he taught them how to, to live their lives according to this wonderful law. But no, not even Moses was worthy. And then any of the judges that came along starting with Joshua, nobody, nobody was worthy. All those wonderful military uh, victories that they won with Samson and all these different people, no, none of the judges were worthy to open this scroll. None of the great prophets who some of them even looked and had had visions of God on his throne like Isaiah did and things and, and foretold the future of the coming Messiah. None of them was worthy to open this scroll. Amen. None of the kings. There were some good kings in the land of Israel. David was one of them. But he was not worthy to open the scroll. I think about old King Hezekiah and King Josiah. Some good kings that lived in the land of Judah and ruled well the people of God. But they were not able to open this scroll. Not even John the Baptist who, 
who came along and was, and was the forerunner for the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, amen. Not even him was able to loose this scroll. I want you to think about this uh, from the time that this was written, that there's been some great world leaders, there's been great presidents and, and kings in the earth and, and world leaders, and there's been great philosophers of the world that have, uh, have, have come up with wonderful things and, and done great things. Uh, there's been brilliant minds and people with innovations, and they've done all kinds of wonderful things. I mean, we've been able to send people into outer space and send people to the moon and all these kinds of things. Brilliant minds that have done great things for the world and, and come up with cures for diseases and all these kinds of things. But no, not even them are worthy to open the scroll. I want you to think about some godly men. Peter, James, and John, all the other apostles, all the great works that they did all the wonderful things that they accomplished through preaching the gospel, amen, not even they were worthy to open the scroll. There's not any TV evangelists or preachers, prophets, megachurch pastors, anybody you can claim that's been great in this world, none of them were worthy to open the scroll. Hallelujah. And John says there in that last verse we read in verse 4, So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Verse 5 says, But one of the elders said to me, Remember we read about the elders last week. Those 24 elders that have thrones that are around the throne of God. Amen. One of those elders says this, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Hallelujah. The line of the tribe of Judah. Who's he speaking of now? He's speaking of the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. He's talking about that he's the only one in all of history, amen, that's been able to loose the seals and to release what God has written for the end of this time and the end of this age and the end of this world. Amen. Praise God. Jesus Christ was the only one. Notice the word that he uses there. He says that he's prevailed. Amen. And I got to thinking about that word prevailed this week and as uh, the Lord began to show this to me he said it's not because of the miracles he performed it's not because of the authority he possessed over the devil and it's not because he defeated the devil at every turn but because he prevailed at the cross hallelujah there on Calvary's hill just outside the city walls of Jerusalem praise God 2,000 years ago it says that he prevailed on the cross amen that he went there he was a sinless man that he'd never committed any sin and there's he was being railed against and being hurt and tormented and tortured by those people and mocked and scourged and all the things that went into it he still did not sin against God amen because he was that perfect sacrifice for you and I and that's why this elder comes along to John and says do not weep behold the line of the tribe of Judah the root of David, praise God, has prevailed to open the seals. Praise the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Amen. Verse 6 says this, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb 
as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. I want you to think about these phrases as the Lord was showing me these things the last few weeks. Just certain parts of the phrasing and then the Lord shows me what it means. Praise God there in verse 6 it says, And He says, I looked and behold. What is He talking about there? Praise God. See, we talked about last week in chapter 4 that He got to look and see the one who sat on the throne. But He didn't really give any physical characteristics. He just knew there was one sitting on the throne and He was beautiful. There was a rainbow around His throne. Amen. There was four creatures crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen. And then there was 24 elders seated on 24 thrones. Amen. And they was all worshiping this one who sat on the throne. But now all of a sudden... John says, I looked, and even though I'd done seen all them things from chapter 4, now I looked and behold. Wait a minute, what's he talking about? Say, there's something I missed just a while ago. Now the Lord's really opened my eyes, and I'm looking a little deeper in there to the throne of the Almighty One who created everything there is. And he looked into that throne, and he says, behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. The lamb that God promised Abraham that he would provide. You remember what he told Abraham up on the Mount Moriah? His son Isaac went along and his son Isaac was carrying the wood and God had instructed him to go up onto this mountain that I'll show you and offer unto me your firstborn son. Abraham being the man of faith that he was, he obeyed God. And we learn later that he knew that even if he had to slay his son, God would raise him back from the dead. Amen. But as they went up on that mountain, remember the words of Isaac. Father, he said, I see that you've made everything ready and I see the wood, but I don't see the sacrifice. And Abraham said these words, The Lord will provide himself a lamb. Hallelujah. This is now what John is beginning to see. After thousands of years have passed, it says when he behold inside of the throne, in the midst of the, uh, of the creatures, of the four creatures, in the midst of the, uh, the elders, he was that lamb that God had promised that Abraham would provide. The perfect lamb... But yet somehow or another he had the scars of death because he said he could tell that he had been slain. Hallelujah. No wonder the Apostle Paul says there's a man in heaven that bears the scars of my salvation. Hallelujah. For all eternity it will always be remembered that the Lamb of God was punished for our sins. Praise God. That perfect lamb with the scars of death. Yet he was alive standing in the midst of the throne. The lamb was victorious over sin and death. Hallelujah to the lamb of God. That's our Jesus. That's our Messiah. That's our Savior. Praise God. Hallelujah. That he's victorious. And there now he stood in within the throne of God Almighty. Amen. Verse 7 says this. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 8, the last part of that there in verse 7. Let me reiterate this. In the last part of verse 6, a lamb as though it had been slain. I just want to, I feel like I didn't know if I was going to put this in, but I think I need to. The Lord has reminded me that we need to talk about this part. A lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. What does he possibly mean by this? It means that he has that he rules over everything. The horns in the Bible, when anything is talking about the horns, means it's dominion, it's power, it's authority. Amen. It means that he rules over everything. Jesus said when he was raised from the dead to his own disciples, he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Amen. This is what John is beginning to see. This lamb that had been slain, that he had seven horns, meaning he rules over everything. Seven being the number of perfection with God. That he rules over everything that there is. And he's full of eyes. What does this mean? That he sees everything. When it says that he had seven eyes, that he sees all. That he knows all. Amen. He sees the good and he sees the bad. He sees the evil things done in secret. Amen. Let me tell you, there's people doing lots of things in secret secret, but it one day is going to be revealed because the lamb that had been slain yet is alive. He sees everything that's going on in secret, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And let me tell you something else that he always also sees in secret. He might see your secret tears. He might see your secret hurts and your secret things that you don't tell anybody about. He sees them all. And he says, come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Praise God. Hallelujah. We don't want to leave that part out. Praise God. That he appears there with seven horns, meaning he is victorious and he reigns and rules over all things and is full of eyes. Got seven eyes. It says he sees everything. Praise God to the Lamb forevermore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 7 goes on to say this. Then he came and take the scroll out of the right hand who him who sat on the throne. Praise God. You think about this. I got to thinking about this this week. And I was actually discussing this with one of my friends. Uh, and 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 uh, just because we happened to get on this topic and and it just came out, and the Lord done shown it to me, and it just came out. But I want you to think about this. This lamb that had been slain, he went right up to God the Father, the one who sits on the throne, the one we talked about last week, who was being worshipped as the Creator of everything. He went right up to this person, the one who sits on the throne, and he took the scroll from his hand. Look how that's worded in verse 7. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. This must be a very important, uh, special uh, person here, this lamb that's being represented. He's seeing this lamb. Who could this possibly be? Amen. This lamb was not like the four beasts and the 24 elders who were worshiping the one sitting on the throne. But we learn here that this lamb is the same as the one who's sitting on the throne because all of heaven is worshiping him also. And we're going to see that in the next couple of verses. 
See, everything else that John saw that was around the throne, they were casting their crowns before His feet. They were all worshiping Him because He created everything. They were decrying that He was holy and they were proclaiming that He alone was holy and worthy of our worship. But now here comes this Lamb as though it had been slain. Amen. Here He comes. Yet He's not worshiping. Amen. The Lamb is not worshiping the one who sits on the throne because He and the one who sits on the throne are one and the same. Amen. Jesus said it, didn't He? He said, I and my Father are one. Hallelujah. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. Now this Lamb, He comes there and He takes this scroll out of His hand. It reminded me this week, and I'm going to read this to you. You take this down in your notes and you can read it later for yourself. But I'm going to read it to you right here out of the Bible. This reminded me of a verse in Daniel chapter 7. See, Daniel got to see a lot of things about the end of time and the Messiah. And he got to see this one vision here in Daniel chapter 7. And he got to see exactly what just took place that John is describing when Jesus, the Lamb of God, comes up and takes the scroll right out of the hand of God the Father. He gets to see this, and this, this passage comes from Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And I believe you would love to, to go back and read this uh, later today. But I'm going to read it to you right now. And you'll see that this is exactly what Dan, uh, Daniel had foretold and saw. John is now seeing that it's taking place. <clears throat> Daniel said this. Once again, Daniel 7, 13 and 14. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient of Days. And see, Daniel refers to those ones, the Ancient of Days, meaning the God of all creation, amen, the one who sits on the throne. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Meaning they brought this one, this Son of Man, that was coming with the clouds, brought him near to the one who sits on the throne, the Ancient of Days. Then to this person, then to him, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, and listen to this part very carefully, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Amen. What did we just read there in that verse we just finished reading? Amen. In Revelation chapter 5. What did we read? He came in verse 7. Revelation 5 and 7. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now look what happens in verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb and each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Hallelujah. The elders made music with harps and a song of worship unto who? Now they're worshiping the Lamb. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are people in this world that do not believe in the Trinity. I don't know how they get around that verse right there. 
I don't know how they get around it. There's one person sitting on the throne, then there's another one that is a lamb, and he, they are both being worshipped at the same time. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says here in this one part of verse 8, look at that part in verse 8. I want to really uh, uh, show you this this morning. Now when he had taken the scroll and the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp. We talked about that. They're making music. They're singing a worship song unto the Lamb. Amen. And golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I want you to point this out to you. The golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I want you to know your prayers matter. This is one of the greatest demonstrations right here other than Jesus telling us Himself that when we pray, God hears. Remember, Jesus said, God knows what you need and when He hears you praying, He will deliver on what you need. Amen. But other than those words of Jesus, this right here is the greatest inspiration for us to know and the comfort for us to know that our prayers do matter. Amen. They're bottled up and offered as incense before God and the Lamb there on the throne. That's what this is a picture of. Here they are. they got these golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they're offering them before the throne of God. Hallelujah. Now, as we've talked at length in past, he's not talking about, Lord, give me another house. Give me a better car. Give me this. Give me that. He's not talking about them kind of prayers. These are not the things that are being bottled up before the throne of God. Amen. <laughs> What's being bottled up before the throne of God and offered as a sweet incense is, Lord, help my brethren, <laughs> those that are just like me that's been washed <laughs> in the blood of Jesus. Lord, help the church. <laughs> help my brethren. <laughs> help the people that I'm associated with. <laughs> Lord, help us <laughs> to follow you <laughs> and to live our lives as an example of you. <laughs> to shine the light of Jesus Christ in this darkened world. Those are the kinds of kingdom prayers that we need to be praying and we learn here that these things are bottled up and they're offered as incense before the throne of God. Amen. I'm through with all these different things these people coming up with. Well, pray this way to get this certain thing and pray this way to get that. Pray for the church, hallelujah. Pray for your families to be saved. Pray for your friends to come in to the relationship with Jesus Christ. Those are the kinds of things we need to be praying. And those are the things that are bottled up in those golden bowls and offered as sweet incense before the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Praise the Lord forevermore. Pray things like this. Lord, strengthen our brethren. Help us live in a way that honors you. God, give us opportunity to witness to your grace and mercy. And above all, the best prayers we can pray is, Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Hallelujah. That is a sweet incense before the Lord. Amen. At his throne. Praise God. Verse 9. It says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. I want you to think about this. It says you're worthy. Why? Why are they saying that the Lord is worthy to do this, to to take the scroll and to open its seals? Because He died for us. 
He shed His own blood for you and I. That's why He's worthy. See, all that list of people that we talked about earlier, from the beginning of time to however long, all of them people, they lacked one thing, that they were not the spotless Lamb of God that was without sin who offered Himself for us. Those people have done a lot of good things, but they were not righteous enough. They were not holy enough. They were not sanctified enough. Right? We've been talking a lot about that. We put too much emphasis on our sanctification when we should be putting emphasis on the Lord who sanctifies us because He alone is sanctified and holy. We must remember this, that Jesus Christ was worthy to, to take that scroll out of the hand of Him who sat on the throne and to loose its seals because He died for our sins. Because nobody else was worthy, but He alone went to that cross for you and I and bled and died for us. <coughs> the other thing we need to point out there, and it's re very relevant for our, this time in our, our country right now. Also in verse 9, it says, And you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The kingdom, <clears throat> excuse me, the kingdom of heaven is not bound by natural borders or natural boundaries. It's not bound by languages or our family lineage. That's what it means there when it says that phrase, out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. What that tells us right there is just what Jesus said, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. It don't matter what nationality you are. Doesn't matter what country we're from, what family we're from, what tribe we're from, anything you could say. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what we look like. Praise God. We can all call upon Jesus. Praise God. And there's going to be people from every tribe, tongue, language that's ever been that's going to be in heaven. Amen. With us all together. Praise the Lord for that. That's a good thing. Amen. You know, we got a lot of this thing going on in our country right now. Everybody's just bickering and fighting about, well, some people believe that black lives matter. Some people that blue lives matter and on and on and on. But the best thing we need to remember is what the Bible says right here, what we just read in this verse. <clears throat> Jesus Christ died for all. It doesn't matter color of my skin, what kind of language I speak. Where I'm from, the country, the tribe, the family, whatever you want to call it, the village, whatever it is, <clears throat> it does not matter. Lord Jesus Christ died on that cross for all mankind. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 10. And it says He's done something very special for us and has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. I thought of this just this morning. I had not, had not even thought of that and just jotted it down. What does it mean? Why is it so important that they're worshiping God for saying that he, and saying that He has made them kings and priests unto our God? Think about this. We all, no matter our standing in life, in the eyes of God, we were lowly, lowly <clears throat> peasant sinners. Think about that. We were all lowly peasant sinners 
but now he has transformed us into kings that have authority. We couldn't even rule our own life well because we were sinners. We couldn't even get that right. But now God has transformed us because of the blood of the Lamb and He's made us new and now He has made us kings unto our God. And it says also that He made us priests. We went from being sinful people who needed a priest, needed someone to stand between us and God and, and reconcile us, right? And pray for us and, 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 and all the things that goes into that. We went from a, a sinful person with no future or hope of redemption. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So we went from being lowly, peasant sinners in God's eyes, and we went from somebody that had no hope, no future, because we were sinners, <clears throat> to priests now who minister in the presence of God Almighty. Hallelujah. That's enough to get you excited right there. Amen. Is that what I used to be unto what I am now. Does that mean that I've arrived and I'm perfect? No, I'm not. <laughs> but now I do know that I have access to this throne of God. That we can talk to the Lord on behalf even of ourselves or of our friends or our family or people we know. That we have access. He has made us kings and priests unto our God. Hallelujah. Amen. Verses 11 and 12, and we're just about finished for today. Hallelujah. I have really enjoyed uh, these lessons. Amen. In Revelation. Verse 11 says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. A heavenly choir was worshiping the Lamb for what He accomplished at Calvary. People say, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. If you find yourself in a situation where you don't know what to pray, just simply give the Lord thanks. Amen. Just give the Lord thanks. Lord, thank you that you died for my sins. And say this phrase to him, worthy is the Lamb. Can you imagine the sound of this in John's ears? This heavenly host of all these people, look at that again. The voice of many angels, the living creatures, the elders, 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Hallelujah. Give the Lord Jesus Christ honor in your life. Amen. When you don't know what to pray and don't know how to proceed, don't know what to do, just say this unto the Lord. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forevermore. Verse 13 says this. And every creature <clears throat> which is in heaven and on the earth and under the... Uh, excuse me, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, 
blessing and honor and glory and power be to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. You know, that right there is a magnificent thing that we just read. You see, Philippians says it this way, that every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, people sometimes take that lightly. But John saw here in eternity. He saw when this actually is going to take place. He looked ahead and saw that one day this really is going to take place. That every creature, not just every human being, every creature is going to testify. Jesus Christ is the Lord and He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. You know, when we start to read these things like we talked about last week, my works don't matter so much. My accomplishments don't matter so much. I only can accomplish whatever the Lord has allowed me to. And so He alone is worthy. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who died on the cross for our sins. Buried in the ground and on the third day. Hallelujah. The greatest story ever been told is the gospel story of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he said, Every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And verse 14 as we close says this, then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Oh, can't you almost hear it now? That heavenly choir of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, all in unison, crying out, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. And I like that part in verse 14. As the four living creatures seen all this and were even partaking in it, right? They were worshiping right along. They look and they said what? Amen. Amen. This is it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's close this morning with prayer. <clears throat> Father, we come to you now as we begin to close this service out today. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that has testified unto thy people today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability and the resources and the, and the way to be able to still reach your people with your word. Oh, Lord, this word here is so important for all people to hear, especially your children, the church. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that, that we'll always remember that you alone are worthy. God, we know that the, the end of time and the end of this world is, is sealed. It's, it's going to happen. And we know, Lord, that you have not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we see in this scripture today, here in chapter 5, Lord, we see that worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Jesus alone is worthy. He is worthy. Lord, we give you thanks for Jesus. Lord, we can't say anything other than that today. We thank you for Jesus. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went to that cross and you bled and you died for us. You perfectly, perfectly played out the plan of salvation of God the Father. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for our salvation. We thank you, God, for all our many blessings and provisions you've provided us. Help us not to become, uh, Lord, uh, uh, desiring the things that we don't have, but to be thankful for what we do have. Let us be thankful that you are worthy and that you love us and that now you have made us kings and priests. Help us, O oh Lord, to walk in these things all the days of our life and be rejoicing people, people who rejoice that the Lamb died for me and he shed his blood for me. God, I pray for each and every person who's listening. Maybe, Lord, there's someone who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Help them, Lord, and just have them to say this prayer. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain for me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, it's so simple. We make it so complex, but God, by your Spirit, move on those that may need to see Jesus as their Savior. Maybe they need to come to this saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Help them just to pray that today. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain for my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for those that's already been saved that will always remember this truth, that Jesus Christ is the only object worthy of our praise. He and his Father on the throne deserve all the honor and the glory and the praise. We give you thanks today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Be with each and every one. Keep them safe until the next appointed time. Amen and amen.